Hey everybody and welcome to the Darkcast. This is DCI number 57 and I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. In this episode, I got to sit down and talk with Francisco Gonzalez, who is the developer on A Golden Wake, a game that was just announced as being published by Wajidai, the production company behind games like Resonance, Primordia, the Blackwell series, uh, several other popular point-and-click adventure games. Anyway, we had a great conversation talking about the game. It sounds really, really interesting, so I hope you enjoy our talk. If you want to find out more information about the game, you can head to darkstation.com. In the show notes to this episode, you can find all of the information about the game. You can find links to the website, the Steam page, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at darkstation underscore com. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we are on iTunes. We're the Darkcast. While you're there, give us a review and let us know what you think of the show. And finally, if you want to send us an email, you can do that at podcast at darkstation.com. Now, as always, thank you for listening. And on with the show. on the podcast today francisco how are you doing i'm doing great thank you for having me oh thank you for being here i, I think i already said that but you know we, we always <laughs> well, like no, guests. well thank you for having me once again it's never too late to to say thank you <laughs> you can never say thank you too many times no but every now and then I'll, I'll listen to a podcast where you know somebody's like oh thank you for being here thank you for having me it's like well you know i really like the work you do so i'm glad you're here i was like oh but i i like the way you do interviews and it just goes back and forth it's like <laughs> could you guys like get to the you know game part that's why yeah, i'm listening <laughs> you spend too long on the awkward uh, compliment phase and yeah. yes and that is that's anyway. why we make jokes about it right now so that we can get over having had yes. an awkward compliment phase yes good all right let us uh, continue then let's continue so uh before we get to talking about the the new game that Wajid i just announced uh, a few days ago actually uh let's talk a little bit about who you are and what you do at at Wajidai. Okay, uh, well, uh, I'm Francisco Gonzalez. I make point-and-click adventure games. Uh, I don't really do anything at Wajidai because uh, Wajidai is actually acting as a publisher, uh, their capacity as publisher, okay. uh, with, with a golden wake. Um, I basically have been making point-and-click adventure games on my own as freeware, just as a hobby for the past 12 years or so. Um, I, I guess my claim to fame, as it were, uh, if I have had a claim to fame, is a, a, an eight-part series called Ben Jordan Paranormal Investigator, which I started working on back in 2004 and just completed in 2012. So that's kind of been the, the majority of my game-making uh, career, as it were, uh, for the past few years. So this is actually my first commercial project, and uh, Dave Gilbert of Wajidai, has uh, is is very kindly publishing it, so that's that's kind of where where I'm at right now. Okay, so um, so yeah, a lot of stuff has been released under the the name Wajidai, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think I ever realized that that wasn't the uh, the developer, uh, because a lot of times, uh, at least, not necessarily artistically in terms of pure art direction. Uh, but the type of um, you know old school pixelated art 
uh, look to it is can be pretty similar, and they're obviously all point-and-click adventure games. Uh, yeah, sure. So that's that's fascinating. So what what has that been like working with um, with Ron Gilbert? Uh, well, but they, or Dave Gilbert, actually, not Dave Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. the other it, Gilbert. Well, the other. It would be interesting <laughs> working with Ron Gilbert. That would that would be like a that would be a, a childhood dream. That's, I mean, that, that'd the, be pretty cool. It's the other but, uh, point and click adventure Gilbert. Yeah, um. yeah. There's a there's a joke that you know you've got Ron Gilbert and you've got Dave Grossman. So Dave Gilbert's kind of like the 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 love child of Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman. <laughs> Dave Gilbert. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been cool. I mean, I've known Dave. Uh, Dave and I actually got started around the same time. We both discovered Adventure Games Studio, which is the the engine that that we use to create our games. Uh, back in about 2001, there was this sort of community uh, project thing called Reality on the Norm, where a bunch of uh, developers got their start. It was basically like a an open source kind of uh, art up for grabs sort of thing, where it was like this this town. And so you had like the backgrounds had already been done by certain people and like characters and stuff, and you could kind of contribute. It was kind of like Wikipedia, but for vi- for a video game. Uh, as strange a comparison as that is, but like you know, you could you already had your resources, so you didn't have to worry too much. And the art style was fairly simple, so even if you couldn't really draw that well, you could emulate it pretty easily. So a lot of people got their start making those games, including myself and Dave. And uh, well, Dave went on to form Wajdai in about 2006, I believe. And he he started developing his own series of games, the Blackwell games, mm-hmm. uh, the Blackwell series. As and then uh, in about 2010, I believe, he decided that he wanted to publish as well. So he like game. I think the game that really put them on the map was Gemini Ru, which uh, was developed by a guy called Josh Nuremberger or Joshua Nuremberger, um, and yeah. Since then, he's kind of. I mean, Wajedai has pretty much been. Aside from developing the Blackwell games themselves in-house, they've been publishing other developers' games, including my own. And yeah, like you said, it's it's interesting. We've kind of talked about that, uh, just like how even though they're done by different developers, and a lot of them share, uh, you know, people who work on them. Like I know that uh, one of the people who uh, did the sprites for uh, Resonance, which is another game that they published. Uh, he did the sprite work for Blackwell Convergence, and uh, the last couple of Blackwell games, they've been done by the same artist who now is their full-time artist. So even though they're different games and done by different developers and stuff, they kind of still manage to look stylistically consistent. So mm-hmm. if it's a Wajedai game, it kind of looks the same, even though it's not necessarily by the same developers, which is kind of interesting. Right, and I imagine a lot of that comes from the fact that the the games that you were all uh, or they're working on um, that you kind of uh, attract like-minded people in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, sure. you, you all have very similar passion uh, for uh, for point-and-click adventure games, for you know very story-based games that harken back to you know those from 20 years ago, which is yeah, crazy absolutely. to think that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. You you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, uh, so you mentioned that you'd worked on, um, a couple of games before, but this is actually your first, um, published game, this first, you know, one getting out into the wild. Uh, did you, were you able to make any sort of money off of your previous games or was that just freeware? How did, no, how did I did, 
I did those as freeware. Um, I mean, I had a, I still have a donation button set up on my website, and you know, over the years, people have made donations every now and then. But it's definitely not any anything lucrative that you could call making a living on. Uh, one of the reasons too, I think, that I delayed so long, uh, just making the leap, was because I. I, I'm the kind of guy who likes to start or finish what he starts. So mm-hmm. I kind of got myself into this whole eight game series and rather than just give it up or just, you know, just not pay attention to it anymore. I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this because I set out to do this. I'm going to do it. And that kind of took up most of my spare time. So while I was, it, it was pretty much my hobby while I you know, was doing my nine to five thing. Um, and then, yeah, once I finished with that, it kind of, the world opened up, and I thought, well, you know, now I guess it's probably a good time to, to see if I can go commercial with this, and I did. Very or cool. Or tried to, anyway. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So, yeah. so have you made that jump full into making games? Do you still have a, a day job, or...? No, I uh, I pretty much uh, yeah. The past eight months, I I mean, I moved I've I moved away from Miami. I used to live in Miami. Now I live in New York. So I, I moved. I came up here, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna make games now. So that's that's what I've been doing. Awesome. Yeah. That is uh, what how, what has that been like? Kind of making that transition to having something that is, I guess, viewed by most people as more or less a, a hobby, something that you're doing, you know, after hours to being able to basically put all of your attention into it. It's been interesting. It's been really cool as far as being able to see what I'm capable of when I'm doing it full time because the last Ben Jordan game took me four years to make, but that was because I was only working on it, like I said, in in my off hours. And sometimes I would go months without even opening up AGS. Mm. Here I can, you know, I can do anything at any time which is great but it's also terrifying because I'm just like okay well if this doesn't do well uh, what's gonna happen next <laughs> so yeah it's 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 interesting it's definitely been an interesting transition very cool so um, one of the things that I find utterly fascinating about adventure games is that for a long time they died for like 10 years there were no adventure games there there was one like here and there and then i feel like all of a sudden um you know wajidai appeared uh my my mind is blanking uh telltale um kind of got popular uh you know uh double fine went indie and all of a sudden like indie games are back and they're you know far more populous uh, or popular then in some ways it seems like they ever were why do you think they went away I mean I, I know that you you know weren't working in the industry at that point in time but from kind of an outsider perspective going in why do you think that adventure games are as popular as they are now which I mean they're not you know call of duty popular but how no, many games of course. Watch it. I made in the or published in the last couple of years. It's sure, kind of yeah. astounding. Yeah. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree with you on one point, which is that they died. I don't think they ever died. I think they just kind of like you said, they went away. They they kind well, of went yeah. underground for a little while. Um, I went think into I don't hibernation. Know, I just, yeah. Went into, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> went, on, went into hibernation. That's good. Um, yeah. I mean, they never. It works in cycles, I think, because I mean, when you first started, like when they first had their their first 
big sort of appearance on the scene in the early 80s with, you know, like Mystery House and King's Quest and all that stuff. They were really popular, and then they kind of, you know, the, the, the 80s happened, and then in the early 90s you had that sort of what they call the golden age of adventure games, and then they kind of tapered off towards the end of the 90s. And then from about 1998 to about 2004, yeah, I mean, first-person shooters, and the I think just the, the, the advent of technology and the fact that there was all these 3D things and, and they could explore... You know, you could actually have first-person shooters and things like that that looked a lot better. I think people just kind of veered towards those things as sort of a, a technology showcase type thing. Because, I mean, I remember when uh, when CD-ROMs first came out, like in 1992, like the showcase game to show off uh, CD-ROMs was the seventh guest, which, well, I mean, it's not a pure adventure game, but it's not... It's not a first-person shooter. It's, it was a it was a puzzle game. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, I think I think basically it's just that. Like, once things kind of balanced back again, you know, consoles started up again and the the next gen stuff. And you know, you had your people. I mean, you still had your your fan base for for games like that. But then I think people started appreciating narrative again, and so adventure games were able to kind of come back into the uh, into the spotlight. But I also think that, like with any other genre, there was time to kind of grow from the the old uh, tropes of old adventure games and, and kind of new things started. That's I think that's probably why The Walking Dead, for example, speaking of Telltale, has been so critically acclaimed because it's it's so much about the narrative and so much about that experience that it, it, it's not like, you know, it doesn't have a maze or, you know, it doesn't have pixel hunting or, or that sort of thing. Those sorts of things that people look back on the old adventure games kind of with rose-colored glasses and think, oh, yeah, they were great, but really when you sit down and analyze them, there were kind of a lot of design flaws. Yeah, but uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> I remember when I played The Longest Journey, uh, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite adventure games. Oh, I sure, didn't yeah. play it until after um, Dreamfall had actually come out. That was the, the oh, game okay. that got me into that story. And so I, I go back and play it. And um, there was one particular puzzle that involved um, some pigeons getting a um, like swimming inner tube with a, a oh, duck yeah. on it and like, uh-huh. picking up some stuff off some train tracks. Yep. <laughs> that was one of the most mind-bending things I have ever done in my life. And I'm so glad. Like, I will never play the long or Dreamfall. No. Yeah, the longest journey ever again, yeah. just because I don't want to go through that again. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The longest journey came out in 1999, and Dreamfall came out in I think what, like 2005 or 2006. And if you look yeah. at the difference in gameplay between those two games, they're both adventure games. They're both by the same designer. They're both the same story. And yet, mm-hmm. in the longest journey, you have things like that, like that ridiculous, you know, clamp duck thing puzzle and then in dreamfall it's basically you wander around and you look at things and you experience and you get immersed in the story and things like that so yeah i mean it's i think basically they went into hibernation because people got sick of that sort of thing and they kind of it was like (laughs) to use a really cheesy sort of comparison i i guess you could say they they uh they pupated and then they came out and emerged as (laughs) as wonderful adventure game butterflies (laughs) (laughs) yeah or maybe maybe not quite so corny (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, we're we're just gonna leave that one at that. But so yeah, uh, you know, adventure games are are back in a, a big way, and uh, a Golden Wake is the newest game announced by uh, or through Wadget Eye. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what that is, or a lot. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> a Golden Wake uh, is a game that I have made. Uh, it is set in the 1920s. It is a story of a real estate agent who. Uh, he, lives in New York and hears about the land boom down in Florida which was an actual thing and so he moves down there and he kind of gets involved in the whole uh, the whole sort of uh, 1920s glitz and glamour and shady dealings and and the mob and all that stuff you'd come to expect and uh, well it's some ominous thunder there um, he uh, yeah and so you, you play as this guy Alfie Banks and you pretty much guide him through his rise and fall story. Um, that's kind of the, the elevator pitch. Uh, and uh, yeah, I can fill in details as you want them. Uh, so I, I guess kind of going off what we were just talking about, what are some of the things that uh, you're trying to do in uh, a Golden Wake to not be as crazy difficult and you know mind-bending uh in terms of puzzles (laughs) because puzzles are definitely something that you you have to have in a adventure game in many ways sure i I think that's that's probably one of the biggest criticisms that the walking dead gets is that you know you you just kind of walk around and click on stuff personally my favorite episode was number three where you actually had it was very light puzzles but you actually got to to do a few things like start up the train and stuff like that yeah Uh, so so what kind of puzzles are you doing and what are you what are you trying to do to make sure that you know people feel in a sense of challenge and accomplishment but they they don't want to never play your game again because the puzzle is so hard <laughs> well uh yeah i'm a big believer in uh logical puzzles um it it really depends on your game i mean if you if you have a comedy game i think you can get away like day of the tentacle for example or monkey island i think you can get away more with more absurd sorts of things as long as it fits within the game's logic mm-hmm. but my game is set in the real world in the real period of time so my puzzles are not there's no absurd you know use mayonnaise to lubricate floor so you can push the pole across the floor sort of thing my puzzles are very much more grounded in reality. Um, I think that kind of is an expense to... There's always... It's. I always find it difficult. I mean, personally, puzzle design is one of... I consider my least strong points because I like to make my games more about story. I don't like... Like I said, I don't like absurd puzzles, so they tend to be a little on the easy side. Um, not super easy, but they're not They're not going to be like, oh my god, how, did, how on earth would I have thought to do that? Um... But I mean, they're very much grounded in reality. I was I was just realizing the other day that you know I have there is an inventory in the game, but there is only one instance in the entire game where you have to combine two inventory items, and it's probably the most logical thing that you could. It's like I'm not going to spoil it, but it's basically along the lines of like if you had a, a cap and a pen, and you're like, oh, I should put this cap on this pen. Okay. So yeah, but I mean, a lot of the puzzles. Uh, one of the one of the mechanics that I um, I thought probably would be a good thing to do was since he's a real estate agent and and the idea is that he's good with you know sort of selling things. Uh, there's persuasion puzzles. So there's they're a little bit more than dialogue puzzles, but basically you have to kind of navigate through this, uh, this dialogue to kind of 
convince people to do what you want them to do. Um, so there's that, and there's also alternate solutions. If you don't do that, you can just kind of take the easier way out and uh, just kind of do other things. But it, again, it's not it's nothing like uh, it's no it's no monkey wrench or cat hair mustache or anything like that. Any more <laughs> of those infamous ones we could cite? No, no pies throwing at uh, abominable snowmen. No, no, no pies throwing at abominable snowmen. No, no, no cheese in one machines to. Uh, <laughs> to activate them. <laughs> Very nice. Now, now, what's it kind of been like uh, working on a game that is set in the real world? Because a lot of adventure games, you know, they, they like to go to fantastic places, and, and humor is generally a pretty big part of of them. Are you injecting humor into this one, or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's no. It's by no means a comedy game, but okay. I. But it's I, not The Walking Dead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm by nature a very silly person, so that that comes out a lot in my writing. And there's always going to be like a little sarcastic thing or absurd situation or something like that. There's there's a couple of pretty absurd situations in a Golden Wake, but it's not so out of left field. I don't think that it's going to be like oh this this now become a comedy game. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I really like. I mean, I'm a history nerd, so I really enjoyed researching stuff for this game. And I mean, like I I mentioned before I, I was born and I grew up in Miami I lived there for 31 years before I moved here to New York and so I really enjoyed the I just really like the history of Miami because I mean no one ever really talks about it it's not really mainstream stuff I mean people down there are, are pretty proud of it um, but yeah it's just like this all this really weird stuff happened in the 20s when when it was you know still a young city and all this all these people came down and tried to sell all this land and and get people to live down there because it was like look there's all this un, un uh, undeveloped swampland let's let's make a profit off of it so you had stuff like you know air shows to advertise things and you had like just people coming down in pink buses and just all this weird stuff, and I thought eh, that'd be a pretty interesting place to set an adventure game. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you mentioned that uh, the main character is a, a real estate agent. Yes. How does that kind of factor into the the gameplay? You mentioned that you're trying to get people to buy things in their alternate routes. Um, what what kind of stuff are you actually doing? Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> I hesitate to say that he's a real estate agent because that, I mean, people, if you tell people, when I was first starting off this game and I was like, yeah, it's a game about a real estate agent, people kind of look at you like, uh, okay, that's kind of weird, but all right. <laughs> um, but I mean, he's he's a real estate agent basically because the setting of the game is this environment where there's this sort of, you know, the land boom happening. But there is no... There's no like real estate like micromanagement or anything any type of thing like that. Like the first chapter is probably the most I guess real estatey, where he's basically trying to get an audience or get a job interview with uh, George Merrick, who's like the the head honcho of this whole development. So I mean, you're you're kind of doing adventure game puzzle type things to 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 get to see him, and then once you do, he's like, well, I need you to do this stuff for me, so you do. Um, but there's really only one persuasion puzzle where you're actually trying to sell a, a house to a guy, which is kind of like the tutorial mode. But there's uh, there's a bit where you have to basically uh, convince a bank robber to not rob a bank. Uh, there's a later on you 
well, I don't want to go too much into spoilers. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Example, don't. But but later on, there's like bits where you have to use persuasion to get people to do things that are not real estate related. Um, there's there's threatening, for example. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so you know, it's it's not it's. It, uh, if anyone is familiar with Resonance, the other Wajedi game that I mentioned before, I like to say that A Golden Wake is about real estate the way that Resonance was about particle physics, which wasn't very much at all. So okay. hopefully that won't be a huge turnoff. I mean, Grim Fandango, the main character, was a travel agent, but how much travel agent stuff sure. did he actually do? You know? sure. So it's, it's kind of like that. Okay. Um, now, the, the game is actually based on real events. Are any of the, the characters that you're either playing as or interacting with real or is it just kind of the, the setting that's real yeah no there's uh the, the well the main character is fictional uh but there are several characters in the game who were real people like i mentioned george merrick was a real person uh there's uh there's a guy called doc dammers who was also a real guy who basically is like a snake oil salesman like your typical huckster type guy selling land off of the back of a cart and like you know has a is very much uh you know you're like a yeah, stereotypical like, hey, come buy some land type of guy. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a there's a few people that are that are based in in real life. There's a there's a little thing at the end of the game that shows you who they really were and what happened to them and that sort of thing. So oh, there's there's cool. a yeah there's a there's a little bit of a, of a historical educational aspect to it. But if people who don't care about that sort of thing won't be hit over the head with like, well, this you know it's it's not a history lesson type game. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've played video games that were history lessons. They weren't fun. Edutainment's yeah. a crock. <laughs> yeah, edutainment. Nah, I don't I don't like edutainment either. But yeah, I mean if it's done well, but very very little edutainment is actually done well. Yeah, I, the best edutainment ever was probably where in the world was Carmen San Diego. Yeah, probably. So, <laughs> and I was terrible at that game. <laughs> uh, so. Are you the the main person that is? Well, obviously you're the main person that's working on uh, a Golden Wake, but uh, are you doing the the art? You mentioned doing the writing. Like, at what level of everything is is kind of falling on your shoulders? Do you have any one doing outside art or anything like that? Uh, no, it's 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 all me. I've got a musician, uh, but everything else is me. Uh, I did the art. I did the writing. I did the coding. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty much how I've always worked. Okay. Um, I mean, Very I've been cool. doing it for so long that I kind of have have gotten used to doing it that way. Sure. Um, which is not to say I wouldn't work on a team, but it's I, I'm I'm kind of a control freak, so I like to have everything within my grasp. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been all me mostly. Awesome. That's uh, that is utterly fascinating to me because I played with Game Maker. Uh, probably half a dozen times, and I've gone through some of the tutorials and stuff like that. And every time I sit down to like, okay, let's let's just make something really basic. I just I get scared out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually I've actually never tried Game Maker. Uh, so I, I picked it up one day when it was like super cheap. It was like the pro version for like twenty five bucks or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, which is like the I think it's the third tier up. It uh, has built in like porting to uh, consoles and stuff like that, kind of like Unity. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, it's I I've done like two of the tutorials, and I I don't know I'm the kind of person that when I sit down to try to play XCOM like that makes me a nervous wreck. So oh yeah, well uh, <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty nerve wracking game as it is. So well, yeah. in any game like that, and there's something uh, there's something about 
at least working with um, with Game Maker, that kind of feels like a, a turn-based strategy game. Because okay. like the, the same thing happens to me when I try to play Civ. Like it just uh. it doesn't end well. I <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Now the real question is: Did you ever try click and play? Click and play, no. Oh man, click and play was old school. Click, I still have click and play. I, I tried making adventure games in that. It was basically a, a really, I think Maxis published it or something, but it was like a really rudimentary platformer sort of engine. I think it ended up becoming, uh, not fusion. That's that's something else. It ended up becoming something else. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was for platformers, and I tried making adventure games in it, and uh, that those didn't end well either. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what what engine are you making the game in? Uh, I'm using Adventure Game Studio. Okay. Which, yeah, it's it's pretty much what you want to use if if you want to make a low res 2D point and click adventure. I mean, that's I can't code to save my life, and it's pretty easy to use. So, okay. if you have any kind of programming knowledge at all, I'm sure you can pick it up, pick it up, and just whiz through it. But it's taken me about ten years to. There's still features that have been in there since day one that I'm just now discovering. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing! And other people are like, are you kidding me? You didn't know that? And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> but the good thing is, I don't have too many, too much complex code, so that means it's not that many bugs. Ah, that is nice. So that that's nice. an advantage. <laughs> uh, so is is Wajedi helping you as far as like playtesting it, or are you you getting kind of like friends and family to to do that with you? How's that kind of Working. Yeah, Wajedi has a Wajedi has a legion of playtesters that they that they have, and they've been they've been playtesting the game. So that's nice because I've actually it's it's this is the first time I've ever had a proper beta test of any of my games. I mean, usually when I would release my other ones, I'd get like maybe four five people to play it, and they'd be like, "Yeah, that's fine," and then I just release it. <laughs> but it was freeware, so it didn't really matter. If someone was like, "Hey, there's a bug here," I'm like, "Okay, sure. fine, I'll re-upload it," but. So it's a different beast now, but uh, but yeah, they've been really good. And uh, Wajedi is also helping out with the voice acting. Um, they have uh, Dave has Dave has connections through his other games. He has a lot of <laughs> actors that he's worked with, and one of them is actually a, a casting director now. So she managed to get a whole bunch of people that are taking a voice acting class with her to audition, and I got some really talented people oh, working on the game. Awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm actually really really happy with how the voice acting turned out, um, which is another thing too because I've had voice acting in my games before, but it's usually also been like you know people other members of the AGS community. I'm like, hey, you wanna you wanna do some voice acting for me? <laughs> so to to actually work with like professional actors now has been a really interesting experience. I bet, but that that's actually kind of awesome though that the community around AGS is such that you could could do that i didn't even know that was a thing so that's oh yeah sure that's pretty awesome yeah yeah it's always been ags is always i mean it's when it when i first joined it was like maybe i don't know less than 100 people now it's like i don't think maybe the forum has like four thousand or more I, I i haven't even kept track but it's grown exponentially but still there's still this sort of core community of, of people that are still around and so they, everyone's always been really supportive and really cool and that's just one of the things that was I think has kept me doing it for so long too just to have this yeah just people who are cool that you can bounce ideas off of and talk to and stuff mm -hmm. which helps a lot definitely yeah. very cool very cool yeah um so I I don't really have any more questions about 
a golden wake. Is there anything that's that you're burning to get off of your chest about the game? Uh, well, just, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, it probably will be coming out at the end of September. Okay. Uh, there's something. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty much in the final stages right now. So yeah, it'll be coming out at the end of September or early October. Probably more end of September. Okay. Because um, there's really not that much left to do on it. Um, and yeah, it'll be available for purchase, and hopefully people will enjoy it and find it interesting. And uh, and yeah, that's about it, really. Awesome. Well, that that definitely sounds excited. I'm 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 excited for you. This is I I don't know. It's just seeing this kind of like grassroots like and uh, kind of build up, and you're you're making a game now, and it's I don't know. I that's kind of my my dream. So it's like that's it's possible. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if I can do it, anyone can. Believe me. <laughs> well, um. So we, we like to finish off our, our interviews with a little questionnaire, uh, like I mentioned before the, the interview started. And it's uh, I have to give credit to Brian, my co-host, who isn't here. He's sick. Uh, but he's the one that kind of originally came up with this. And it is lightly inspired by um, the Inside the Actors studio. Um, oh, okay. But uh, So that that's kind of the route that this is going to take. Are you going to uh, read it as James Lipton? No. Oh, okay. Uh, no, we've never <laughs> tried to do that, and I've never practiced a James Lipton impersonation, so okay. I don't, I don't want to try that for the first time here. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the first question is, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Ooh, wow. Uh, oh man, that's a tough one. Because I'm going to say one, and then I'm going to be like, no, I meant this one. So I guess without thinking too much about it, I'll say Guybrush Threepwood. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> Flipping that on the other side, who's your favorite antagonist? Oh. Oh, man. Well, let Chuck, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, deviating from that completely... Uh, is there anything in video games today, whether it's uh, a theme or a trope, uh, that you just really wish would would die and go away? Whether it's red barrels or female characters in skimpy clothing or, you know, bad checkpointing, whatever. Uh, is there anything that's just frustrating and you wish would disappear from the landscape of video games? Remakes of classic games. Hmm. Because when they're... It's another one of those things, like we mentioned, uh, edutainment. When they're done well, they're done... Well, actually, no. I have yet to see a remake of a classic game that's that's actually done well. I think probably so, the 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 closest one that I thought to being done all right was Monkey Island 2 Special Edition, and the only reason was because I liked hearing the music done with live instruments. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, I just... I, I think... I don't know. I just... I just wish people would leave the old things alone and just do new things. Sure. <laughs> sure. I so, hope, I so hope that you're... doesn't get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking about like all like HDifications of games, not just when they totally remake it, like Shadow well, Warrior last year. Well, no, it depends. Well, yeah, it depends. Like HDification, if it's something like you're porting the game to to make it run on modern things, like they're doing with Grim Fandango, which, as far as I can tell, hopefully they're just kind of making it HD texture sort of thing and and having it run on higher end systems. That's fine. But when you do something like 
you know, the Monkey Island ones where you just you take the art and paint over it and it looks awful and they you just kind of change everything around and yeah, that sort of thing. That that's no, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that sort of thing. Okay. So if if it's porting so that people can just play it that's cool. On modern stuff, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Like like stuff like GOG does that sort of thing. They yeah. take old games and, and you can play them okay. again. That's fine. But if you're yeah, if you're gonna just ruin it by doing <laughs> things like that, that, yeah, slapping a new coat of paint on it and yeah, it's not necessarily always for the best. Okay. Um. So now, what is your favorite adventure game? Whether it's been remade or not, we're not talking about the remakes. <laughs> we're we're talking about the original ones. What's your favorite mm. adventure game? Oof, I have so many. Um, let's see. Um, I'm gonna have to say Curse of Monkey Island. Okay. I'm start- I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you are are starting out on a great profession here. You're you're obviously living the dream, but if you could try to do anything else what mm-hmm. would be something that you would want to give a shot hmm. something that would involve a lot of like international travel so i'm gonna say spy okay perfect <laughs> perfect I-, I love it when people go with stuff that's like not realistic and there's no real way to get into that industry at all yeah um, well why not i like to think great. outside the box absolutely yeah <laughs> um okay so this this question is relatively new to this um, to this section of the podcast, and I don't think we've quite nailed down how to ask it yet. Okay. So I'm gonna complete. I'm gonna change how we ask it completely from the way Brian usually asks it. Okay. So if you're sitting down to play a video game, and it's gonna be the last video game you ever get to play, I uh, don't know why. It's just tomorrow there will be no video games. You get to play one more, so it's not like a, you know, desert island video game scenario. And it length doesn't really matter. Somehow, no matter how long the game takes to beat, you'll be able to finish playing the game. What would be the last game that you would want to play? Okay, well, um, I think because I have yet to play it, and I keep meaning to, and people have been nagging me to play it forever, and I feel like it probably would be a great video game to end on if I was never going to play a video game again, I would have to say Planescape Torment. Mm, that is a game that is also on my bucket list. Yeah, well, there you go. Yep, good choice. <laughs> I, I cannot confirm or deny that that is a good choice, except for th- that is also a game I want to play. So. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Alright, so the last question is uh, at the end of your life, when you reach the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Saint Toad is there with the book of the days of your life, what do you want him to say to you? Sorry, but I print another castle. <laughs> really? Is that is that what you want to hear? <laughs> I well, feel like that's kind of a... <laughs> if I got if I, if I died, but it was all that instead of the Mushroom Kingdom and it's Toad. That's what I have to hear. <laughs> what, uh, I, okay, well, if, if, if I want him to say, I would want him to say, look, here's a one-up. Go back again. <laughs> awesome. 
Alright, well, congratulations. You pass, you win, you have earned our eternal love and respect. Uh, that, that's all I have for you. Um. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll take it any day. It's better than iron. <laughs> Do what? Sorry, you're breaking up a little bit there. Better than iron. Oh, yes. All right, well, uh, thank you once again for sitting down and talking to me about A Golden Wake. Um, if you could just send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game. So at this point in the show, uh, there was a, a storm where Francisco was, and it kind of started messing with the internet connection. And unfortunately, his answer to my question uh, was not really intelligible. We tried to re-record it, but for whatever reason, it didn't record. So I'm just going to tell you what he said, uh, and that is go to wadgetigames.com. That's W-A-D-J-E-T-E-Y-E games.com. And you can go to Francisco's personal website, which is GrundislavGames.com. That's G-R-U-N-D-I-S-L-A-V Games.com. If you missed any of that, then just head on over to Dark Station. All of those links will be in the show notes to this episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later.